0: Welcome everybody to this very very special very first live recording of my podcast Fill Up Your Cup. Um if there's any of you who are joining me here today who have not listened to the podcast, I hope this is going to convert you into listeners, but I also know that there are many of you in the chat who are already saying that you are fans of the show and hopefully enjoying listening every week and hopefully going to get something a little bit extra from this evening as well i'm going to do a little bit of a mini chat at the beginning and share some self-care tips and advice and then we will move to A. Q&A. the floor is open it is basically an ask me anything and i'm an open book today and looking forward to answering your questions and bringing them to the show as well My name's Laura, a teacher turned creator, but you can think of me like your new internet big sister and each episode of Fill Up Your Cup, like a deep and meaningful conversation from a friend who never wants you to feel alone in what you're going through. Whether your confidence cup is dried up or your self-love cup is looking a little closer to empty than full, I'm gonna teach you how to add more feel goodness back into your different cups and as a result, your life. So pop in your headphones, cozy up with a warm cup of tea or whatever takes your fancy and let me troubleshoot your problems with you because together and with the right mindset we can face anything Today we are talking about refreshing our self-care and well-being routines for the new season. So for those of us in the northern hemisphere, that is spring. We are going into spring and there is always this, like at least for me personally, this great sense of refresh around spring um, because nature is coming back to life and I love You know giving my home a refresh and doing a good spring clean and getting things reorganized but i also love applying that same mentality to my routines because i feel like for our well-being our routines are very different for each season how we look after ourselves is different in spring compared to how it is in summer Autumn and winter. And I think there's a huge shift when you're moving from winter into spring in terms of what your self care might look like. And also, for those of you who are listening who are in the Northern Hemisphere who are going to be moving from summer into autumn, that's also a big seasonal shift in terms of what your routines are going to look like. Because I think the big thing that happens at this time of year, whether you're moving into spring or you're moving into autumn, is that daylight. Our change and that has such a big impact on us but also that sense of time in terms of how many hours in the day we have to get things done so I think moving into a new season is a really great time to check in with yourself and do a little bit of reflecting around your daily routines your weekly routines and your general sense of well-being in the different areas of your well-being and how you are showing up or not showing up for yourself in those areas through your self-care let's first of all refresh our memories about what self-care actually is because I've talked about this a lot. I've defined self-care several times, but I still see this misconception around self-care in terms of it being particular types of activities um, specifically things that we have to buy. So that self-care is typically related to putting on a face mask and having a like bougie bubbly ba- bubble bath or, going to a spa. And yes, it can be those things, but self-care is actually much broader than that. And when we're looking at our self-care as a practice and our self-care in terms of how it really relates to us looking after our well-being, self-care can take on lots of different forms. And most importantly, self-care doesn't have to be these Big time consuming actions, but rather these small everyday actions that we take and that we are consciously making an effort around and being mindful about in order to maintain our well being and keep our cup topped up. The best way that I like to explain self care and define it is that self care is the practice of responding to our needs with meaningful actions. It's about developing a deeper relationship with yourself, often through self-reflection, in order to become more confident identifying which aspect of your well-being most needs your attention and how best support that need and to respond to it. And so there are a couple of key words inside in that definition that I like to pull out when I define self-care and really like pick it apart to help people start to reflect on it a little bit more and maybe start to see that it's not just bubble baths and it's not just face masks and it's not just the weekend either. So the first really important word in this definition is that word practice because self-care is not a singular thing that we do once or we do once every so often if we want self care to have a really meaningful impact on our well-being and to help us keep our cups topped up it's a practice which means it's small actions often in order to build up that practice to feel more comfortable with it to get better at knowing how to show up for yourself so just like Gratitude and mindfulness. It's not that you're going to do it once and you're going to know all of the answers and you're going to fix all of your well being problems. The more you practice it, the more comfortable it will feel and the better you're going to get at knowing how to give yourself what you need and knowing what that's going to look like. And the better you're going to get at stepping away from those more marketed versions of self-care and realize that you can do this in small ways when and where you need it by slipping it into your day in different places, by building a routine that really supports you and just really being present and showing up for yourself through meaningful actions. That's another key word in that definition. So it's not just surface level stuff. It's really about taking an action to respond to a need you have and trying out different actions or practicing an action multiple times to really connect with yourself and give yourself what you need and balance out the energy that you put out and the energy that you put in. And I talked about that a little bit in uh, an episode a couple of weeks ago on the show. We're always talking about stress and, and this is linked to that in a similar way in terms of choosing self-care actions that really do give you back what you need because of the lifestyle you live and the energy that you might or might not be putting out. It's also about developing that relationship with yourself. If you want to have a meaningful self-care practice, you need to get to know yourself because if self-care is any action that we take to take care of ourselves, if we don't get to know ourselves and what we like and what we need, then our self-care is not going to be meaningful and it's not going to be pouring into our cups. So it is about developing that relationship with self. It is about practicing self-reflection, practicing self-compassion and developing that self-awareness of being able to listen to your body, of being able to listen to your emotions, of being able to see your own patterns in terms of what way you act and behave when you're overly tired or when you're overly energetic or overly stimulated and getting to know that so you can respond to that with the right action to balance it out. So any action that you take to take care of yourself is self-care. It's about creating a practice, a routine. It's about small, everyday actions. It's not always about those big, grand gestures. Even though those can be self-care, even though we all love a lovely, fancy face mask and a bubble bath with some lush bath bombs in it, doing that every single time that we need self-care is not sustainable. So breaking that definition apart and starting to think about, well, how can I show up for myself in small ways every day. And as we move into a new season, how might that be different to how I would have needed to show up to, for myself in a previous season? Anne says, that's a beautiful description. Katie says, self-soothing only works the short se- on the short term. Yes, self-care needs to be a routine. That is a super good point, Katie, that if we're just doing actions to soothe or like, s- quickly solve well-being issues it doesn't help us maintain that or sustain it it needs to be part of a routine it needs to be a practice and that doesn't mean it needs to take a huge chunk of our time either it just needs to be figuring out how we can show up for ourselves in small ways el marie says if that makes sense but if you're bad at it where do you start oh that's a great question and that is such a great segue into the next thing that i was going to say because that always comes up where do we start if we want to build a self-care practice if we want to refresh our self-care routines for the new season where do we start how do we even begin to reflect on what that might look like and one thing that i always like to come back to when i'm refreshing or reflecting on my self-care routines is my well-being needs, my needs as a human being. Because at a surface level, at the most basic form, self-care, as we've said, is any action that we take to take care of ourselves. So if we want to take care of ourselves, then we need to think about what do we need. And as humans, we have many complex needs. Now, there was a psychologist, Maslow, you may have heard of him before, you may have seen his pyramid of needs. He developed a hierarchy of our needs as humans. And the whole point of Maslow's hierarchy and why it's so important when we think about our self-care is that if we're not meeting our basic needs as human beings, it's very difficult for us to reach those more complex needs. So if we're not attending to our basic physiological needs, which are the bottom parts of Maslow's Pyramid, so basic needs, food, water, shelter, safety needs like structure, predictability, and routine, If we're not meeting those, then we're going to find it very difficult to be ready to show up for our social needs. So making connections, feeling connected with our friends and loved ones. And then we're going to find it really, really difficult to meet those esteem needs like our self-image, our self-talk, our sense of achievement, our sense of resilience and independence. And then the very top of Maslow's pyramid is those self-actualization needs which is that growth mindset that creativity part of us that playfulness and that sense of fulfillment and many of us have, as adults that's the part of our human needs that we're striving for because we've been alive for a really long time we think we've we've nailed this life thing we've got thing we, we've got to figure it out and so we're trying to you know dive into those personal development books. And we're trying to work on our growth. We're trying to work on feeling fulfilled. We're trying to do creative things and explorative things. But very often when it comes to self-care and attending to our needs, we are overlooking those basic needs. And you might be listening and thinking, well, I have food. I have a roof over my head. I'm very grateful for those things. Why would I need to check in with my basic needs? But in today's modern world, where many of us are lucky enough to have basic needs as just part of our lives, we still have to look at how we are showing up for those in our lives and how those are looking in our lives and whether or not they are quote unquote healthy. And if they're not, the impact that that's having on us. So the example that I always use for this in terms of basic needs, when someone's like, well, how do I bring my basic needs into my self-care routine? The one I always use is food and water. That is a basic human need, but Many of us do not take the time daily to mindfully consume our food and water. How many of us eat our lunch while working or rush through our lunch in order to get back to work? How many of us go from one end of the day to the other without actually stopping to drink water? How many of us, when we're eating our dinner at the end of the day, are scrolling on our phone instead of actually being physically present with the meal that we're eating? So you can see when you start to reflect on it that way, are you mindfully being present in giving yourself your basic needs? And if you're not, then you could start to really look at the impact that that can have on you in terms of your emotional well-being, in terms of actually feeling like you're sustaining yourself and pouring into that area of your well-being so when we look at maslow's hierarchy of needs we can see that when we're not sure where to start with our self-care the very best bet is to go down to the bottom to your most basic needs and thinking about how you are giving yourself those needs on a day-to-day basis and whether or not you can mindfully Shift that a little bit. Can you be more present in your day to day in terms of giving yourself your basic needs? And then the next layer of that is your safety, your structure, your predictability, your routine. And if we don't have a routine that is making us feel like we've got a grip on our life, that can also play into our emotional well being and our physical well-being because if we don't have a routine that's really supporting us then it's draining us so if you don't know where to start with your self-care if you feel like the self-care actions that you're taking really just aren't doing anything for you right now and you're looking to refresh your routines you're looking to pour into your well-being cups go back to those basic needs mindfully showing up in terms of your meals every day, drinking more water. You can never go wrong with that. Mindfully thinking about your sleep routines. Also mindfully thinking about your space in terms of, whether your space your home is a space that you actually enjoy being in and that when you're there you feel like you're recharging and if it's not do you need to give it a spring clean do you need to go through your space so that you feel more comfortable in it and then thinking about your day-to-day routines and your weekly routines and thinking about what's not working in my routine at the moment that is pulling way more out of me than it is pouring into me and what can I change? And all of that, even though you might not think about it in that way, all of that, every time you are mindfully showing up for yourself and taking these conscious actions to look after yourself and these basic needs that you have, all of that is self-care. So if you don't know where to start, go back to the basics. Another way that I like to look at breaking self-care down when we don't know where to start or how to show up for ourselves in terms of self-care. So Maslow's hierarchy of needs is great, but it also has many, many layers and it is a super complex way of looking at our needs. And even though it's super helpful and it's a really great place to start if you really wanna restructure your self-care, if you really wanna take things back to basic. It can be a bit overwhelming when you're thinking about how can I climb all the way to the top of this pyramid? So another way that I like to break down self-care in terms of looking at our well-being is splitting it into what I call the three pillars of your self-care. And that is your emotional self-care, your social self-care and your physical self-care, which obviously directly respond to your emotional well-being, your physical well-being, and your social well-being and the reason that i pick these three and i always focus on these three in terms of my own self-care routine is because of my background in teaching. I worked for seven years, predominantly with young children. And when you're working with one, young children and you're assessing your their development, these are the three core areas that you focus on. These were the three core areas that we would look at in children, how they are emotionally developing, how they're physically developing, and how they're socially developing as well. And from my years as a teacher, what I noticed was that we put so much focus on these three core areas of our well-being, when we're working with when, with young children and making sure that they develop properly and that all of these areas are being attended to, but when we get into our adult stage of life, we completely overlook these very often. Many of us look at our physical well-being, and that's a very common area of our well-being that we all talk about: physical health exercise looking after the physical part of our body and being able to understand when something's not right in our physical health and also the very acceptable understanding that if we notice something isn't right with our physical health that we go and speak to a professional about it but then we often overlook our emotional well-being and we often overlook our social well-being so, when you're thinking about your self care practice and your self care routines and how you can show up for yourself in a meaningful way, and maybe you're having one of those days where you're like, I don't know what I need, but I know I need something. Check in with these three areas check in with your physical well being, your emotional well being, and your social well being, and think about which one of those areas most needs your attention and what in that area needs your attention. As you know, if you listen to the show, I love to give practical ideas on how you can actually show up for yourself, how you can put these ideas into action. And so here are seven ways that you could refresh your self-care routines this season. Seven ideas to get you inspired, to get you motivated, to get you start thinking about What little things could you fit into your routine to refresh your self-care routines and start showing up for yourself in a way that makes you motivated and excited about practicing small everyday self-care actions? So number one could be downloading a new app that would motivate or support or inspire you in practicing self-care each day and developing these self-care habits or routines. And some apps I'm really loving at the moment in my own self-care routine are Habit Tracker. So that is literally what it says in the name. It is a really great habit tracker app that you can personalize with your well being goals or your habit goals. And then each day you can track it. So you might be tracking a time that you do an action. It might be that you literally tick it or you don't. You might be tracking a quantity. So how much water you're drinking, how many steps you're taking, um, whether or not you ate breakfast, whether or not you paused to eat your lunch without looking at your phone you can set it up whatever you want it's super flexible and super personalizable which is why i love it and it's free which is also great another free one which i'm loving which i actually shared on instagram recently is head on app this is a mindfulness and um, specifically mindful breathing uh guided app and what i really love about this is You can select when you use the app if you are around other people or not around other people. So as someone who struggles with anxiety and specifically social anxiety, I love the idea of being able to put in my headphones and open this app and tap to say that I'm around other people and it will give you a breathing exercise that you can practice. But to everyone else who's looking at you, it just looks like maybe you're listening to some music or a podcast on your phone and nobody will know any different, but you are giving yourself that mindful self-care in the moment. So this can be really great at work, during your breaks, if you're stressed, you can just open up this app and take five minutes to practice some breathing. And there's loads of different exercises in there and it's super visual and lovely if you want something that's easy to navigate and easy to, to add into your daily routine. that's head on app and then another one is moody which is a really great app for tracking the different phases of the menstrual cycle but the app also gives you suggestions on how you can look after yourself and show up for yourself depending on what phase of your cycle you're in because of the hormones that your body is producing at that phase i learned so much about my menstrual cycle from using this app and also starting to see my own patterns in my cycle and how i should adapt my self-care during those different phases in order to meet my body's actual needs in that moment. Another way you could refresh your routines for the new season is to switch up the location. So spring is a great time to just do more self-care outdoors, but you could also think about practicing self-care in different rooms in your house, or instead of doing your journaling at your kitchen table to maybe take your journal with you on a coffee day and do your journaling somewhere else, switching up your scenery is really good for your brain in terms of getting yourself out of your routine but still maintaining that self-care aspect of your routine and it can just really help you feel more energized and more motivated about what you're doing by doing it somewhere else it's such a small thing but it can make such a big difference the third idea for switching up your routines this season would be to create a self-care action plan or calendar and make it super exciting. So if you really wanna give your self-care routines a refresh this season, get a calendar or print out a calendar. I actually have a free one on my website. Just get a calendar, print it out, and then plan a self-care action that you're gonna do for yourself each week of the month or maybe every other day in the week or two every week and just have that on your wall and maybe plan out trying new self-care things. So maybe you're gonna try out a guided meditation, maybe you're gonna try out a yoga video, maybe you're gonna try a different exercise, maybe you're gonna go on a hiking trail, but plan out these self-care actions that you want to try and put them on a calendar so that you get motivated and excited about taking them off as well. But you can also do that on a smaller scale in terms of what are the small everyday ways that you're gonna show up. putting that on a calendar and getting to tick off every day in the month where you did that small everyday action like eating your dinner without your phone so make a way of getting excited and motivated about these routines that you're going to create for yourself a fourth really fun one and really great as well if you want to get yourself a little bit more motivated and excited about your self-care is to make a self-care jar this is a really fun and easy activity. All you need is an empty jar or a cup. Um, Since this is fill up your cup, why not use a cup? And get a piece of paper, cut it up into small little strips of paper. And on each strip of the paper, you give yourself a self-care prompt. So it could be a journaling prompt. It could be do a guided meditation, go for a walk, drink an extra glass of water, um, go to bed 10 minutes earlier. Think of as many small self-care actions that would be easy to do at any moment in your day or week. Fill your jar or your cup with all of these pieces of paper. And then whenever you feel like you need a self-care boost but you don't know what to do or where to start, pull a little prompt from your self-care jar and do that action before the end of the day. It's a really fun way to get yourself excited and motivated about adding more self-care to your routine. And it's also a really nice one if you've had a tough day, a character building day, and you're feeling a little bit drained to pull something from your self-care jar so that you have a little treat for yourself at the end of the day. Number five, buy a new journal and start a daily journaling practice. I love journaling it's been such a great way for me to look after my emotional well-being and if you don't practice journaling the start of a new season is a really great time to either take up the habit of journaling or to refresh the habit of daily journaling number six try a group or class activity So your social well-being is a huge part of your well-being so doing your self-care in a group environment is going to fill up multiple cups in your well-being cupboard because you get that social aspect of it you also maybe get to learn something new you get to do something creative and you're also getting that new environment that new space aspect as well so you're really just filling into lots of different areas of your well-being needs And number seven is to try a new craft or a new hobby or get creative um creativity is a great way to switch yourself off from the stresses of daily life and just to tap into that mindfulness and being present in the mindful moment especially if it's a new craft or hobby because you really have to focus all of your attention on it so it's a really great way to just decompress after a stressful week, after a stressful day to have this new hobby or craft that you can try to take up to fill back into your cup. And so that brings us finally to our Q&A part of the live show. Okay. First question from Carly. Carly says, I'm never sure where to start with the beginning of a self-care routine. So that's a really great question and it comes up a lot. Um, And I do feel I've touched on it a lot, but I'll just, I'll repeat what I've already said. Self-care is a personal practice. And I think that's a thing that gets overlooked and maybe sometimes Overthought when it comes to self care. Self care is any action that you take to look after yourself. And a self care routine is basically just a repetition of that, where you are taking actions as part of your daily and weekly routines to look after yourself. So that's not necessarily trying to fit extra things into your routine if you're already feeling overwhelmed. Don't try and fit extra specific activities into your day and week that are just going to make you feel more stressed about it. But instead, what's a really good idea is to grab a calendar or a weekly planner or a blank piece of paper and write out what you do on a week to week basis. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, what is your daily week routine for each day roughly what time do you get up in the morning how many hours do you spend at work what are your break times looking at what are you actually doing during your break times and have a little self-reflection you can either do this in a general sense of like sitting down doing a reflection thinking about what your weekly routine is or if you want to really hold yourself accountable track yourself for a week and record what your daily routine is how much time you spend on things, also recording things like your screen time, how often you're picking up your phone during the day when you could be doing something else. And then at the end of the week, look back at that and look at what you're using your time for, what's taking a lot of your time, what's taking a lot of your energy, and reflect on how you can balance that out. So a really simple one that I often use as an example is when you do this reflection on your, how you're using your time each day and where your energy is going each day, things like, what are you doing before your work day? What are you doing during your breaks? What are you doing when you finish work at the end of the day? Where is that time and energy going and being used for? So, If you're having the sense of, I don't have enough time, I don't know where to start with my self-care, look at those chunks of your day. What are you doing in the mornings to help yourself feel fulfilled, motivated and energized for the start of the day? So thinking about what could you fit in that's not going to take time away from you, but that's going to fit right into your morning routine. So that could be while you're, preparing your breakfast, maybe listening to a motivational podcast or an audiobook. It could be doing five minutes of mindful breath work before you go for your commute. It could be doing five minutes of mindful breath work while you're on your commute, looking at your daily routine and thinking about what could I change? In this routine that's actually going to fill into my well being and that's where you start when you start by changing small things that you're already doing in your weekly routine. And just switching them to things that are going to make you feel more recharged more energized that your cup is more topped up that your energy is more balanced that's where your self-care routine begins. So it doesn't have to be specific extra activities that you're adding in, but rather looking at your routines as they already are and what are the small things that you could do to show up for yourself in a little bit more of a supportive way. I hope that makes sense, um, Carly. Next question comes from Anne. Her question is, many times I hear people say, I'm too busy for self-care. How do you respond and support such thinking? Oh, this is such a great question, Anne. Thank you for asking this because not only does this tap into one of my pet peeves about self-care, which is I'm too busy or I don't have time or my responsibilities in life are too important for self-care, but also looking at the aspect of how do you respond to that thinking. So here is the thing that I say to people when it comes to I don't have time for self-care, I'm too busy for self-care and also a really common one that I hear is around our responsibilities to other people and this specifically comes into those of us who are in parenting roles or have responsibilities to people in our families where we feel like we have to give that responsibility our time and taking time for self-care is selfish. So. When that narrative starts to come up that we're too busy, we are we we don't have time, we have too many responsibilities. The thing that I think shifts people's mindset around this the most is by reminding people that if you don't show up for yourself, for your well being, if you don't take time to rest and recharge, if you don't take time to have space away from other people as well to you know be your own person and to do the things that you like and that bring you joy and help you feel fulfilled you're going to find it really difficult to keep showing up for the other areas of your life in the best way possible when it comes to work if you feel like you are too busy because of work To take time for self-care then slowly what you're gonna realize is that the more you prioritize your work over rest the less energy you are going to have to do your work the danger of this is that we take ourselves down the road to burnout self-care is how we maintain our well-beings so that we don't end up with burnout so we don't end up with poor physical health where we need a professional to step in where we don't end up with places where our mental health is beyond a place where we can maintain and sustain it ourselves self-care is the small everyday or small every week actions that we take to fill back into our own well-being so that we can keep showing up for those other responsibilities in our lives, for those other things that we want to give our time and energy to. But if we don't give our time and energy to ourselves first, there is going to come a point where we're gonna hit that wall, where we're going to be burnt out, and we're not going to be able to show up for those responsibilities in the best way that we're capable of. So I hope that that answers your question, Anne, and I hope that you're gonna be able to use that idea the next time someone says the same thing to you. Kimberly says, thank you so much. Very appreciated that last statement you made about thinking and tracking all of the different areas of your routine is super helpful, sounds very stressful and time-consuming. Okay, so tracking your routines is time-consuming and stressful. I I get that. Um, but investing that time in reflecting on where you're using your time and even just doing it for a week, yes, it's time consuming and yes, it's stressful. But what it's going to do is it's going to really give you this self-awareness about where you're spending your time, how you're spending your time, what is draining your energy, what is um, taking from your well-being. and Most importantly, what those self-care barriers are that we talked about. So what's actually blocking you from showing up for yourself? Some things that come out of doing these time reflections. And I have a free resource on my website, which I will link, which is actually a spreadsheet that you can use to do this exercise where you track every day what you're using your time for. And what that spreadsheet does it will is it breaks down what you're doing daily into a pie chart for you. And while that task is very time consuming for the week that you do it, what it's gonna do is give you this self-awareness where you cannot look away from the things that you are using so much of your time on. So when I created that spreadsheet, To see if it worked, I tracked my own time usage and I realized that I was spending a huge amount of time every week watching Netflix. And while watching Netflix at the end of the day with my partner is like how we like decompress at the end of the day, when i saw how many hours combined in a week i was spending watching netflix and then i thought about how frustrated i am that i never have enough time to read or i never have enough time to do more exercise i realized i could actually take some of that netflix time and redirect it to a different self-care self-care activity that's going to fill into my cup a little bit more so yes doing the time tracking for a week is a little bit time consuming maybe a little bit stressful maybe it's going to make you a little bit uncomfortable because you're going to have to look really hard at what you're spending your time and energy on but it's Going to give you such a clear picture of where your time is going. So if you're saying I don't have time for self-care or you feel like I've gotten I don't have enough hours in the day, when you look at what you're actually spending your hours on, you can very quickly go, oh, okay, I'm actually spending a lot of time on that in the week that I could probably shave a few hours off and give a few minutes to something else that I want to do or I've been wishing I had more time for or that's probably going to be better for my well-being than that particular thing that I'm spending it on. Question from Beth. How to stay motivated to continue with self-care activities on low days? This is a great question, Beth, Um, and one I can really resonate with because it's so easy to do all of the things that we need and we know are good for us when our emotional well-being is good, when our energy is high, but doing them when it's low or we have those hard days or those character building days or those low mood days can be really difficult to self-motivate yourself to do it on those days, um, to show up for yourself, but also just to find the energy to do it. However being able to do it on those days is probably when it's gonna have the biggest impact on your well-being because it is when you need it the most as well. So the first thing that I say to people about this is, in order to be more com- confident and comfortable showing up for yourself when your energy and mood is low, you need to practice those small everyday actions, those small self-care actions, every day on the days that you're feeling good as well. So you build the habit and the routine of being able to do that self check-in. So moving through that self-care cycle, when you're having a good day, practicing it as much as you can, when you have a lot of energy, when you are in a good mood, when you're in a good mindset. So you start to build the habit and you start to build up that confidence around being able to identify what you need and being able to give it to yourself in some form before the end of that day. So that's the first thing. Practice your self-care reflections and your self check-ins when you're feeling good first. So you start to build up that muscle, that mental muscle of how do I check in with myself and give myself what I need so that it will be easier to do that when you have those low mood days. The second thing that i would say to you is if you're someone who struggles with low mood on a regular basis or you see those patterns in yourself where you go into these low energy these low mood phases in your life or seasons or weeks have things in place that you can easily reach for without much energy or much effort so these can be things like the self-care jar that i talked about so when you have a good energy day and a good mood day, creating a self-care jar for you, filling it with prompts that you know are going to be actions you can easily do for yourself, even if you don't have a lot of energy. And having that self-care jar there and ready the next day that you have one of those days where you're not feeling motivated to show up for yourself, because all you have to do is go and pull something out of that jar. And do that action before the end of the day, and they can be super small easy attainable actions and really you know yourself and what you'd be able to do to put into that jar as well, so it can be things like watching a feel good movie something that will make you laugh going for a short walk outside. Um, doing a guided meditation watching a YouTube video. Whatever small things that make you feel good, have them inside in that jar ready to pull out when you have those low mood days. Another variation of this I like to recommend is making yourself a self-care first aid kit. So thinking about like a first aid medical kit that you keep in your cupboard that has everything in it that you need for a medical emergency to create a little basket or bag that you can keep somewhere in your house that when you have these low days, it has things inside in it that make you feel good. So that could be things like a nice blanket, um, a fresh pair of pajamas already washed and folded inside in the bag that you can put on or some comfy clothes. It could be um, a playlist that you like to listen to. So you could put like the QR code in there or like make it like a um, a mixtape or whatever it is, Um, you could put in a scented candle or some incense. You could put in your favorite chocolate treats or your favorite snacks, obviously (laughs) non-perishable. You could put in, uh, someone suggested in a workshop that I did before, putting in photographs of loved ones or a scrapbook with memories that you, when you look at them, it always makes you feel good. Um, you could put in a coloring book or an activity, a puzzle, a game, um, just fill this little basket or bag with things that you know are going to make you feel good. So when you have those low mood days and you have those low energy days, you don't have to think about going to get those things that make you feel good because they're already there within your reach. And you can pull out your self-care first aid kit and take the things that you need from it and give yourself something straight away and that action of showing up for yourself and doing those small things for yourself is often that small thing that you need to shift your mood and your mindset into a place of i can move through these low feelings and it's going to be okay because i've had my back and i've showed up for me- myself Another question from Maggie, how do you deal with emotions when they feel out of your control? I feel very overwhelmed by this sometimes too. Feeling like your emotions are out of your control. First of all, we can't really control our emotions and there's something quite empowering about knowing that as well. Our emotions are often our brain's response to something that's happening around us and how our brain uses our previous experiences to predict what might happen next. And so we get these often overwhelming emotions. And so I I think about my personal experience when it comes to anxiety. Anxiety is an emotion that makes me feel so out of control because I can't control it when it hits, when it's triggered by something and my brain goes to that anxious place. I feel so frustrated by not being able to control it. And One of the things that's really helped me with that sense of anxiety or that sense of fear or those low moods is stopping trying to control it, letting go of the need to control it, because the more we try to control those feelings and emotions, the more they take control. Instead, look at your uncomfortable feelings, your overwhelming feelings as a wave that you are going to move through know that it's not going to last forever so that's the first thing when it's feeling overwhelming just take a moment say this isn't going to last forever and then think about what you can do to help yourself move one step closer to a more comfortable feeling so that's not about switching yourself out of this uncomfortable feeling straight away but like i said when i was answering that previous question about one small action that you can take to show up for yourself to make yourself feel more comfortable. And again, going back to my personal example, I struggle with anxiety and sometimes things trigger my anxiety that are unexpected. And the first thing that I do is I get really mindful about the physical sensations in my body that these overwhelming emotions cause. So where am I physically feeling it in my body and what is happening? The second thing is what is an action I can do right now to help me reconnect with my pace of calm so I can feel a little bit more comfortable as I experience this uncomfortable feeling as I wait for this wave to pass. And so for me, now that I've got to know myself a little bit better, that is my breathing. So working on just being really mindful of my breathing and focusing on that because that's the physical sensation that my anxiety affects. It, I start to breathe faster, my heart rate starts to go up and then my mind starts to spiral. And so by focusing my breathing, I am dealing with that physical sensation, but also I'm taking my mind out of this spiral by focusing on the breathing. And what that helps me do is it doesn't get rid of this thing that I'm anxious about, but it helps me get back to a place where I'm connected in the present moment with my body. And I can go, okay, this is what I'm thinking. This is what is actually happening. And when I'm back in this place of calm and this place of self-awareness, I can think, okay, what is the next step? What is one small step that I can do now to help me either deal with the thing that's making me anxious or to help me start to move towards my place of calm. And obviously, depending on what the emotion that overwhelms you is or the sensation that overwhelms you, that's going to be really different. So again, for me with my anxiety, my next step usually is trying to figure out what is the problem. So what is making me feel anxious and thinking about what are all of the things I could possibly do to address this right now? And what is the one thing that I'm gonna do right now to try and look to address this rather than avoiding this because that's just going to make me more anxious so first of all stop trying to control the emotion because that's just going to make you feel more overwhelmed second of all connect with your present moment see where that emotion is appearing physically in your body and try and connect yourself to a place of calm where you feel present, where you feel like you can slow down your thought process a little bit, not trying to move past the feeling, but trying to get yourself to a more rational mindset. So you can go, okay, I'm feeling this feeling, and this is happening, and this is why I'm feeling this feeling, and this is how I'm feeling it physically, and even listing those things on paper. And then once you've got to that place of, you're still feeling the feeling, but you're not feeling so overwhelmed about it, start to think about some next steps. What is an action you can do to show up for yourself? What is an action you could take to help yourself feel good? Or what is an action that you can take to address what is causing this overwhelming emotion? That brings us to the end of our replay of Philip Your Cup Live that was recorded earlier in March 2023. I wanted to jump on at the end of this episode because it is our season two finale, and so I wanted to. First of all, take a moment to thank those of you who attended the live version of this episode of the podcast, who chatted with me live on Zoom in the chat box and shared all of your wonderful questions that just made this episode super cozy and feel good. I also wanted to thank all of you who have been listening along this season Our fill up your cup community has grown so much during season two, and it just makes me so proud to get to be a facilitator for this feel good community and to help inspire and motivate you all to add more self-care to your routines and to find a way to add more joy and feel goodness into your lives as well. Fill up your Cab will be taking a break for the month of April, but don't worry, we will be back in May you are hearing it here first there are big changes coming for season three of the show so keep an eye out on Instagram at fill up your cup pod for updates coming soon about what to expect for season three and also be sure to subscribe to the fill up your cup email newsletter so that you get updates before the new season starts as well If you don't want to slack on your self-care routines during the break, I also am planning a 30 days of self-care freebie for all of the Fill Up Your Cup pod email subscribers. So make sure that you do click on that link in the show notes and join the newsletter so that you can get your hands on that. I'll also be sharing it over on Instagram once I put it up so you don't miss out. If you enjoyed this episode, and this second season of the show, please, please, please leave a review and let me know what you think. It really helps me and the show reach even more new listeners and helps them find our feel good community. And if you haven't done so already, be sure to click that subscribe button on whatever platform you love to listen to your favorite podcasts. So you're subscribed to the show and you never miss out on new episodes and you definitely will not miss it when we come back for season three. That's all from me today and this season. I will be over on Instagram if you want to catch up with me during the break. And until May, don't forget that you can't pour from an empty cup. So make sure that you do something small every day to pour into yours. If you made it to the end of this episode, I want you to take a moment right now and remember that you are worthy of feel-good feelings. If you enjoyed today's episode, let me know by leaving a review or rating this episode wherever you like to listen to your podcast. And don't forget to hit subscribe or follow on your podcast streaming app so that you never miss out on new episodes. If you want to submit a question or a story for a future episode or add to our suggestion cup, you can do so so by heading on over to laurajaneillustrations.com forward slash podcast or by clicking the link in the show notes you can also reach out to me by finding the podcast on instagram as at fill up your cup pod and you can send me a dm with your questions stories or ideas for the show don't forget you can't pour from an empty cup so give yourself a big hug from me right now and promise me you'll do one thing today that brings you joy